Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Brax Tax. We are in our series uh, in our youth group called The King and His Kingdom. It's our Matthew all play that the whole church has been going through. And this week we were in Matthew chapter 10. So question for you, have you ever been in a situation in which it has been kind of uncomfortable being a Christian? Is there ever a time where you wanted to tell somebody about Jesus, wanted to talk about your faith, but there was something that held you back a little bit, maybe a little bit of fear um, of what this person's reaction is going to be? Are they going to give you a hug and be really happy that they just heard about Jesus, or are they going to be a little bit mad that you just talked to them about Jesus? Uh, Was this person a stranger? In that case, it can be a lot more scary. Maybe it was a friend of yours that you wanted to tell them about Jesus, and it was a little bit scary because you thought maybe you were going to risk the relationship, risk the friendship entirely because you weren't sure how this person was going to react. So what do we do as Christians when we are afraid of telling other people about the hope that we have in Jesus and about the love of Jesus? Well, this week we talk about uh, how to fight fear as a Christian and specifically how to fight fear of people as a Christian. So our passage this week was Matthew 10, 24 through 39. And I want to give you three ways to not be afraid from Jesus's words. So Jesus tells his disciples that a disciple is not above his teacher. This is verse 24, nor a servant above his master. It's enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. Uh, So what Jesus is saying here is basically, hey, the goal of a, of a, um, teacher is to make a disciple look like the teacher. Um, That was the role of a teacher back then, is that a disciple was supposed to talk like, walk like, act like the teacher. So Jesus is just establishing that here. And then he says, if they have called the master of the house, Beelzebul, or the prince of demons, this is not a nice thing to call somebody, by the way, and Jesus was called that by the Pharisees, then he says, how much more Will they malign those of his household? So basically, Jesus' argument is, look, people are calling me the prince of demons. They're not calling me very nice things. And if they're not calling me nice things, well, isn't it obvious that they're not going to call you very nice things? And then based off of that truth, Jesus says, so don't have any fear of them. So the first reason that Jesus gives us to not be afraid of what other people think about us is kind of counterintuitive. He basically says, well, just know that people aren't going to think very nicely of you. Um, Basically, expect persecution to come. Expect that people are not always going to have a very nice view of you. And and you know what's really great about that is it's actually very freeing to, to realize that. Because if you think that people's approval is a possibility as a Christian, well, then you're going to be fighting for it and you're going to be afraid of losing it, right? So you're going to be afraid, oh, am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to, am I going to say it in the right way? You know, how can I make sure that this person approves of me? Well, Jesus basically says, don't worry about it because people aren't going to like you. 
be prepared for it. This, this allows us, knowing this allows us to be prepared for when people disapprove of us and don't like us. So that's the first reason that Jesus gives is that, hey, if you're following me and they've called me horrible things and they weren't nice to me, expect it to happen to you, whether that's their opinion about you only or if that opinion about you extends to other things. So he says, so have no fear of them because, this is another reason to not be afraid, Have no fear of them because nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. So what I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetop. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying that the first reason to not be afraid is is basically expect that people aren't going to like you. Just accept that fact. Then he says, also, nothing is covered that will not be revealed. And that is supposed to make you unafraid of what people think. Why? Because I think what Jesus is saying is look, at the very end of human history, there is going to be a judgment. God is going to sit on his throne and judge everybody. And the people that think that you don't represent God God well, um, or that you're a liar about who God is, um, those people are going to find out what the truth is, is that you really did serve God your whole life. You were a disciple of Jesus your whole life. What Jesus is saying, is saying here is that people might have opinions about you in this life, that you you are a bigot um, or something like that. That's a common one that Christians are called. But in the end, God's going to reveal everything. He's going to reveal everything about you, that you really were a disciple of his. And that's the core truth. You need to know that. That's what Jesus is saying is going to be revealed at the end, is that you were a disciple of his and that you weren't a bigot. And basically what's happening here is that God will show up on the scene eventually. And when he does, he will vindicate you. He will make everything right. He will put, put those accusers to shame. He'll, he'll cause them to be silent because he will be speaking truth about you and about them. So Jesus is saying, hey, someday God's going to judge everybody. And in that day, you will be proven right. You can't prove God right right now. You can't um, be proven right in this life because there's the requirement of faith and things like that. You can't prove that God is real. You can't prove that um, you know Jesus is, is really the son of God. Now, you can, but it, it's, that's not the point, is that um, you can't prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. You can't just say, oh, look, here's Jesus over here. You know, Put your fingers into his um, nail-scarred hands and all that kind of stuff. You can't prove in that way. Um, but someday God will prove himself and he will prove you. God will argue your case someday. So don't be afraid of people. Expect persecution to come and know that someday God will speak on your behalf. And then he says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So what's Jesus' third reason for you to not be afraid? He says, don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Basically, Jesus' argument is, look, what is it, what's the worst thing that somebody could do to you? And, and of course, the real answer to that is the worst that somebody could do to you ultimately is kill you. Um, 
Now, for the Christian, that means that you get to go into the presence of Jesus. So that's actually a really nice thing that somebody could do to you, right? Um, but he's saying, look, the worst thing that somebody could do to you, you know, it, it's it's not saying mean things about you. It's killing you. That's the worst? Okay, well, that's not too bad. So he says, don't be afraid of people who could, all they can do is kill you. Um, instead, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Now, um, that might sound like he's talking about Satan. He's not, um, because uh, if Satan had his way, he would destroy everybody, soul and body in hell, right? So what Jesus is saying here is, um, don't fear people. Instead, because all, all, all they can do is just kill you. Um, instead, fear God. Because God can do a lot more than just kill you. He can kill, you can destroy both soul and body in hell. God chooses. I mean, in that judgment at the end, he'll be the one to decide whether or not you are in his presence forever, enjoying him and worshiping him, or if you go to hell. And if you're trusting Jesus, that means you will enter into his kingdom and enter into his joy. But if you're not trusting him, then you will be thrown both body and soul into hell. So Jesus' third reason for why you shouldn't be afraid is actually, uh, or why you shouldn't be afraid of people, is that you have a bigger problem than people. You have a bigger thing to fear, namely God. God is the one who you should be afraid of, not people. Now, that might not sound very comforting to us because before we all we had to worry about was people and now we have to worry about God. Is that what Jesus is saying? Well, listen to what Jesus says next about fearing God. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? I don't know why, but apparently sparrows were really cheap back then. And he says, and not one of them, those sparrows, will fall to the ground apart from your father. So like those um, sparrows won't die and fall to the ground apart from God's care and will. And then he says, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered. And think about that. It's not just that he knows how many hairs you have, like the number of them. He has numbered every one of them. He knows which hair is one, which hair is two, which one is three and six and 10 and 11 and on and on and on and on, right? That's how God knows you, how intimately he knows you. So he says, fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So Jesus' third reason to not be afraid is of, of people is fear God. And, and what it looks like to fear God is it's not to fear him in the way that we fear people. It's, it's to fear walking away from God. It's to fear the disapproval of God. It's to fear, it's it's to be afraid of fearing people more than you fear God's disapproval, right? So a really good analogy uh, with this to explain what I mean. Um, I heard this from John Piper a long time ago, and this is really helpful, is that um, Imagine you're with a, uh, a very big, scary-looking dog. Um, now, this dog is friendly, and you're hanging out with this dog, and it's really great, but you know that, you know, this dog could probably kill you if it tried. And you're told, don't run away from this dog. And, and you know, we should know this, is that you shouldn't run away from dogs because food runs, right? And the predator instinct kind of 
kind of kicks in. Well, there's, there's this big dog, and um, this dog likes it when you're close to him. And you start running from the dog, even though you've been told not to. And that dog comes chasing you. That's scary, right? So the only time that you have to fear the dog is actually when you're running away. And so the only time that we have to fear God in the way that we typically think about fear is when we're running away from him. God desires that we would be close because he values us more than he values any of his creations. And he has such intimate knowledge and care for us that all of the hairs of your head are numbered. So to fear God then is to be afraid of leaving him, right? To, to let the opinions of people be more important to us than God's opinion about us. And so we run away from him because we care more about the, what those people think, right? So we're supposed to um, stay close and know that he loves us and cares for us. That's what it means to, to fear God. So the three reasons that Jesus gives on how to not be afraid of people is, first one, just accept the fact that people are not always going to like you because you're a Christian. And that it, that's, really, that's really why, is that sometimes it's, it really is just because you're a Christian that they're not going to like you. And you need to accept that. You need to know that that's coming. As a disciple of Jesus, that's what's coming for you. And then to know that someday God will speak on your behalf. God himself will say, this is my beloved son. This is but my beloved daughter in whom I have been well pleased there as long as they have been with me. And um, hey, all you people that did not like them because they were a follower of mine, you know who's right? Me and my children, not you. God will speak for you eventually. That's Jesus' second reason. The last reason is don't be afraid of people. All they can do is kill you, and that means that you get to be with Jesus. And uh, you have someone bigger to fear, God himself. And that fear does not look like cowering in front of God or fearing him like we fear people. It means we're afraid of leaving him because his love for us is so good. So don't be afraid of people. God loves you. He will speak on your behalf. And hey, being a disciple of Jesus is hard in this world sometimes. So until next time, go and tell them to come and see. We'll see you later, guys.